Hey, New Life Campus family, Jeremy here. Hey, I wanted to bring you an important update that's gonna be coming up very soon here at the campus. You know, over the last year, uh, because of COVID, uh, we've created what we call the three lanes of engagement here for New Life. Lane one, so just imagine a highway and all three lanes go in the same direction, but for one reason or another, you are in one of those three lanes. Lane one, is new life at home. So maybe you have an underlying health issue um, or just don't feel comfortable being around people uh, as of yet. And so we've asked you to be in lane one, which is watching new life at home through our YouTube channel. And we're gonna continue to offer that. And so every Saturday evening at six o'clock, our weekend service premieres. And so then once it's on our YouTube channel, it's on there to stay. So that's lane one. Lane two is uh, new life with friends or new life with family. Some of you have been inviting people over to your house and you've been watching the online service together or you've been going over someone else's house. Maybe someone else that you know for sure is taking some of the same safety precautions that you are um, against COVID. And so you trust uh, you trust being around them and with them. And so that's lane two, new life with friends. Lane three is new life live. Now, just in case you didn't know, we are having live services for the Patterson campus. We're meeting in the North Auditorium of the Turlock campus because once COVID hit, they uh, discontinued allowing us uh, uh, to, uh, to gather at the school. And so uh, when the temperature dropped, we had no place to go. So we started attending in the North campus uh, the North building of the Turlock campus. And we've been doing that for a few months now. Um, and that is for people who say, you know what? Um, I, I don't mind wearing a mask for service and, uh, but I want to gather with my campus family and anywhere from 30 to 50 of you have been driving to Turlock and the rest of you are still in lanes one or two. And that's totally fine. Um, here's where the change is happening. Beginning on Sunday, March the 21st, Sunday, March 21st, we're changing our service time from 1030 to 10 a.m. That's 10.30 to 10 a.m. For those of you who have been making the drive uh, to Turlock. Here's another change that we're making. Up until now, we have been mask required. Mask required. From the time you walk into the building until the time you leave and go to your car, we've asked uh, and required, actually, that you, that you wear your mask. The change that we're making is beginning on Sunday, March 21st, is going to be mask recommended mask recommended okay so uh that means wear your mask in the building wear your mask out of the building uh once you're in the auditorium if you are comfortable you can remove your mask and uh so we we tried to try to find some middle ground here uh for everyone we have some people who uh, because here's here's a, here's the deal we know that that the mask issue is completely divided still it's a hugely divisive topic in our country. And we, we actually have people uh, uh, at our campus that have said, hey, when I don't have to wear a mask, I'll come back to the church. And we have other people that say, unless everyone's wearing a mask, I'm not coming to church. And so we have people on both sides uh, of the issue there. Uh, we even have both sides of the issue on our staff and even on our team uh, on where people uh, stand with that. But uh, here's the, the coming to the conclusion of being mask recommended is where we've landed after dozens and dozens of hours of conversation and looking at uh, guidelines and looking at science on both sides of the issue and hearing hearing arguments from people that, uh, you know, uh, that we trust. Um, that's where we've landed uh, with it. So beginning March 
21st, Sunday, March 21st, uh, our service times are changing from 10.30 to 10 a.m. And also we are going to mask recommended. So that means mask in and out of the buildings. But once you get to your seat in the auditorium, you're more than welcome to take that off. If you want to keep it on, then you can most certainly keep it on as well. Um, what's that mean for our kids? Well, for our kids, we are still staying mask required mask required for our kids. So if you have kiddos that you're going to be checking in uh, at our services, you know, up until now, we've not really offered a, 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 a church at large uh, ministry for our kids. Uh, but but we are and so if you have children that used to check into our kids program Then you can also begin bringing your children mask required our workers our our volunteers our teachers our aides will all be wearing masks The staff will be wearing masks as well uh, And the children will be wearing masks So we want to offer the best safety and protection that we can uh, for all of our kids and for our church um, as well, so uh, One of the things that I wanted to leave you with a final thought is is just to say that no matter where you land on the issue, remember Jesus said that people will be able to tell that you are followers of him based on how we love for you, based on our love for each other, based on how we treat each other, based on how, uh, based on how we respect each other. So no matter what, what side of the aisle we land on, what side of the issue that we land on when it comes to mask, let's respect each other. And let's love each other because God has God has required us to love each other. And so I just wanted to leave you with that. Uh, again, uh, don't forget that our service time is changing from 1030 to 10 a.m. And also uh, one last thing, and this is a super exciting. OK, our Easter service, we are going to be doing an Easter service on our new building location okay we may not be in the building depends on if we get a certificate of occupancy uh, by that time but we will be in the parking lot at least okay and that's happening on sunday april 4th easter sunday 10 a.m easter sunday 10 a.m we will be doing a service live in the parking lot of our building okay hey this video has gone on long enough uh we love you guys just wanted to uh, make you aware of some of those changes and uh, hope you remember them if you have any questions don't uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us as a staff uh let's love on each other and let's care for each other we are leading in unprecedented times and let's be praying for each other okay have a great week Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly hosts. Hang out. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the Father
more time. Sing it out. Let's hear those harmonies. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly. Father, Son. 
Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, welcome to New Life Christian Center. We're really glad that you're here to join our hearts and our voices in worship to grow closer to God. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for that truth that you are the only king forever. The nations of this earth come and go. They rise and fall. They war against one each other, one another. But you, Lord, your kingdom never passes. It never fails. And Lord, you look down from heaven on all the chil your children on the earth and you love them and you make a way for them. You care about each and every one down to the most minute detail. And we thank you for that. What a blessed God you are. What a holy God you are. And we want to worship you because of that today. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness blessed be your name every blessing you pour out I'll turn back to praise when the darkness closes in Lord still I will say blessed be the name of the
God, we praise you today. We sing Hosanna. We welcome you, Lord, into this place, into our hearts. We glorify you, God, because you are worthy to be praised. You're worthy of all praise today. Lord, we want to welcome you here in this place. Change us and move us. Make us more like you. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, New Life family, thank you so much for joining us once again for our online weekend experience. Just want to say thank you so much to Pastor Brian, who did a great job last week uh, talking about how to connect our head and our heart when we're growing in our faith. He did a great job, and I, I know you appreciated it, him, and you were as blessed as I was uh, listening to that message. Hey, we're going to jump right into this. Go ahead and take out your phone, and hopefully, now last week we talked about something, a brand new ministry that we're kicking off called Connect three. I've got my two guys. Let me explain to you what it is very quickly. In our Connect Three groups is a group of three, pe three people, so you pick two people to do life with. Every Monday morning, you're going to receive a link from us to you that has the scriptures that we're going to be reading in it for that week. So if you can, if you texted the word Connect Three, C O N N E C T, and then the number three to three zero five zero zero, then you are on our texting list for every Monday morning to receive the readings for that week. Now, what we're doing uh, as a church whole, we're going through the Book of Philippians. Three verses at a time, Monday through Friday. And it's been super encouraging for me. I've got my two guys uh, that I've been connecting with. They've been connecting back with me. And it's been very encouraging for me to read those three scriptures, send them a quick text message about what it meant to me and then what it meant to them as well. It takes literally uh, about 60 seconds a day, but it's been super, super encouraging for me to go through. So if you don't have your Connect 3 group, just want to encourage you to do that. Also, since you have your phone, whatever prayer needs you have, uh, just all the housekeeping items that we do on a weekly basis, you can text the word prayers to 30500. Uh, to keep up with our resources, just go online to newlifecc.com and you can uh, see all the resources that we have available for you to help, for, to help you grow in your faith journey uh, from kids all the way to students and life groups and, and, and beyond. Uh, we have resources available to you, and we hope that you're taking advantage, uh, taking advantage of those opportunities. Hey, we're going to be doing communion at the end of the message today. So go ahead and get your elements ready, uh, your bread and your juice. That is going to be at the end of the message. So if you haven't um, uh, if, if you don't have those available, you can hit pause and go get those and then come back and push play. And uh, that's going to be at the end of service. But it is the first weekend of the month, and so we always do communion at the first weekend of the month. Now, if you are in our Central Valley area and you live on the west side, I just want to give you some, uh, some updates about our building. It, those of you that don't know, the reason why I say that is because we have people all over the country that watch our online services. But for those of you who call New Life Patterson your home, if you don't know this, I'm telling you today, we have a building that we are moving into. Most, most everybody at the campus knows that. But for those of you that haven't watched in a while, just want to let you know that we have a property that we have leased at 515 Keystone Boulevard in the industrial park of Patterson. So if you're driving by there, hold your hand out, say a few words of prayer and blessing upon that building because God is going to use it uh, in an amazing way in the Patterson and surrounding areas to reach more people for his kingdom. And I can't wait to be, to be with you at our very first service. Their grand opening, we haven't announced it yet because we still don't know when that's going to be. 
because we're renovating it. And as I'm speaking right now, pictures are going to come up. You're seeing pictures of uh, what it used to look like and all the, all the changes that we are making. Walls are coming down. The platform is being built. Walls are being moved. We're going to put a cafe in there. We have an amazing area for our kids. And so we just want to uh, c- celebrate with you. And God has given us a place where we can meet uh, for Easter. We will be meeting on site. Don't know if we'll actually be in the building. It will probably be an outside service most likely. It's going to be an, out, an outdoor service, but we're going to meet in the parking lot uh, just so we can get together as a campus and celebrate what God is doing at our campus. All right, so just wanted to give you some pictures there to let you know what's happening and also just to get you excited and so you can catch the vision of what we're going to be doing. If you used to serve on one of our volunteer teams before COVID hit, we're going to be calling you because we need you to step up and begin serving once again, okay? Uh, so that's all I'll say about that. Show you pictures uh, every week. We'll give you uh, some, some updates, okay? Sandy, am I talking too fast? Okay, Austin, you got me? I'm really excited, and when I get excited, I start talking real fast. And sometimes if I talk fast with a southern accent, it makes no sense. So i got to try to temper myself and calm down a little bit. Hey, today we are kicking off our brand new series uh, called Love Wins. And it's going to take us all the way in through and beyond Easter. But I'm really, really excited about this because we're going to be dissecting examples uh, from now until, the, uh, until after Easter about opportunities that Jesus had where he could have obeyed the old law or done something new because he was actually ushering in the new law, which was him and his covenant with, between, between God and humanity. Uh, and we're going to see how love won in every single example. As a matter of fact, it all began with love winning that's the whole purpose, and I don't want to get too far into my message, but that's the whole purpose of God creating us. Let me first start by giving you uh, an illustration. A few weeks ago, my oldest son, Caleb, asked me a million-dollar question. All right, if you have kids that have that, if they're older, uh, you know that the wiser that they get and the more uh, they're exposed to culture, then some of the, the, the deeper the, the questions that you get, all right? And those of you that have older children will know that this is indeed a million-dollar question. He came up to me and he said, Dad, how many times do you keep showing grace and mercy to your children as they get older? How many, what does it take for you to finally say, that's it? I'm not showing you grace anymore. I'm not showing you mercy anymore. I'm, I, 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 I've made a decision that you are on your own. You're going to learn all, these, all, these, the, all these, uh, uh, these lessons the hard way, and I'm not going to show grace to you anymore. How many times do you do that before you, before you just say, that's it? Such a great question. And if you're like me, if you have children who are older, you know that there's honestly not the right answer to that. There's not a right answer to that. The only answer that I could actually give him in the moment was one that I believe Jesus gives to Peter. When Peter come up and said, Lord, how many times do I have to forgive someone? Seven times? And then Jesus replied and said, no, not seven times, Peter, seven times 70. And those were, that was how many times he was to forgive his enemies, not even, not his children. You see, it's easy to tell someone what to do or what to say to your children until it's your own, right? 
We know that. Those of you who are parents are agreeing with me right now. You say, you say, Jeremy, if that was my child, I would do this. If that were my son, I would say this. If that were my daughter, I would do this. You need to do this and you should do this. All of that advice is really easy to give when it's not your kids. But when it comes knocking on your door, some of those answers change. And I also remembered as I was kind of processing through this answer with my son, I also remembered the prodigal son. That no matter what he had done, when the father saw him in the distance coming home, the scriptures tell us that he ran to his son. Now his son already had this tailored speech that he had been practicing about forgiveness and about apology and asking for, for begging for forgiveness and that he would become even his father's servant if he would take him back. And when he begins his speech, when the father gets to him, the father completely ignores him and instead throws a party because he had returned home. So the only real answer that I could give my son Caleb that I believe is actually justifiable, maybe you might disagree with me, but this was my answer to him. I said, Caleb, as many times as God has given grace to me because I'm his child, how dare I not do the same for my children? Love always wins. So today, like we said, we're kicking off this brand new series, Love Wins. It's going to take us all the way through Easter and beyond. And I don't know about you, but after the year that we've had over the last 12 months, I could, I, I'm ready to celebrate a risen and living Savior. A Savior that no matter what's happened over the last 12 months, we know that this Savior is still in control. That he cares about what's happening not only in my life, but in the lives of the ones that I love. And even in this country and around the world. How much does he love us? Well, I think it's summed up pretty clearly in the most popular verse in all of Scripture. This is how much he loves you and I, and it's found in John chapter 3, verse 16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave, or so much that he gave, his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Now, we could dissect this one Scripture down for a month. And literally talk about all the nuances and the richness inside this one verse. And we could focus on words like gave or believes or eternal life. But today I want to focus on the word everyone. Everyone. Because it still amazes me how there are some people out there who believe that they are unlovable by God. That, they, that they've done way too much or they've been way too bad to be loved by God. For some reason, it's not a matter of whether or not they believe in God, but the feeling of whether or not they can be loved by Him. But notice in this verse, there's no contingencies. All right, There's, there's, there's not a litmus test that someone needs to take in order to be uh, loved by God, in order to receive the gift of God's love. There's no checklist of good deeds that, that needs to be performed before finally being able to say, okay, now that I've done all these things on this checklist, now God can finally love me. No. The fact is, it's always been about love. Like I said a few minutes ago, the main reason God created us to begin with is because he loves us, because he had plans from the very beginning, from the very beginning to create a being in his own likeness which, with which he could have an active and real and genuine and authentic relationship. Not because he needed to, but because he wanted to. You see, God wants and desires to have a relationship with you this weekend. No matter who you are. No matter what you've done, 
No matter who you've betrayed, who you've cheated on, who you've stolen from, no matter your addiction or your lifestyle, no matter your skin tone, no matter your, your past or your present circumstances, whether you're divorced, whether you've been married five times, whether you're single, whether you're an elementary age kid or a senior living in, a, in, in an assisted facility, it doesn't matter. God loves you. You need to know that. He loves you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die for you. Why? Because it's always been about love. Because love wins. In the end, love wins. If you take the Bible and go to the very end, you'll see that love wins. Our textbook, the Bible, is a, it's a love story between God and humanity. Now, granted, there are many parts of the Bible that I don't understand, that are disturbing to me, that I just don't get, and I don't see how it fits the narrative of God's love. But when you read it in context and know what's the, the, kind of the why and what's going on in the story, you'll see the connection and how it fits in God's story of redeeming humanity back to himself. You see, you and I, we broke that relationship back in the Garden of Eden. And you may say, Jeremy, whoa, whoa, I wasn't there. I didn't do anything. That, that was Adam and Eve. They're the ones that should be punished, not the rest of us. And they were punished. And if we believe that, then we're still missing the point. Are we better than Adam and Eve? Do you think you're better than Adam and Eve? Because if they didn't do it, it would have been you. It would have been me. Because you and I represent humanity, and humanity broke the system. You see, we allowed sin to enter the picture. God gave us free will to walk away from sin, but we chose instead to indulge. And it's the same way with us today. Every single morning, you and I wake up and we have choices that we have to make. We have several times throughout the day to choose God's way and God's plan for my life or my way and my plan for my life. And that temptation is very real every single morning. Because that may not be fruit, because you know God said stay away from this fruit to Adam and Eve. And it may not be a fruit for you to stay away from, but I guarantee it's something else. It's our addictions, it's our greed, it's our pride, it's our need to be right. The list goes on and on. And in spite of all that, God still says, I love you. I have always loved you. I'll never stop loving you because I can't stop loving you. You see, God cannot separate himself from the love that he has for you because he is love. Look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Why? For God is love. We've said this before, that love is one of the things that just makes up who God is. It's part of his DNA. It's what draws us to him. That, for lack of better words, that force or whatever you want to call it that draws us to God is his love for us. Jeremiah 31.3 says this, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. Then look what, look what God says. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. It's God's unfailing love for us that draws us to him. I believe there's something down deep in each one of us that feels drawn to the love of the Father. I really do. I don't think it can be explained, it can't be described, but there's something down deep on the inside of us that wants to be loved. There's a need we have to be loved and to give that love to others. 
You see, as humans, we're designed to long for, to search for things like, like freedom and security and happiness and good vibes and, and laughter and companionship. And I know we also like our homes and our vehicles, and some of us really love our careers. But there's nothing like the feeling of being loved. In fact, when we feel unloved, you know as well as I do, we trade all those things in to feel loved. Just to be loved. So over the next several weeks, like I said, through Easter, we're going to learn not only about the love of the Father to humanity, but also examples how in the end, no matter the circumstances, love wins. So here's your first feeling, first feeling for the entire series. Number one, love wins because God first loved me. All right, if you're looking for the fill-ins, just open up our app, take out your phone, open up your open up your um, uh, your new life app, and you'll see down in the corner where it says connect. Click on that, then you'll see weekend resources and then sermon notes, and then just click on the date and you'll see the sermon notes there. First John 4.19 says, we love each other because he, because he loved us first. We love each other because he loved us first. Did you know that the only reason that you're able to love is because God first loved you? It's true. Humans have been intentionally and unintentionally taught how to love others because of how much God loves us first. That love that you have for your spouse, that love that you have for your children, did you know that that love came from God? That love that you have for your parents or your friends, you learned that from God. Whether you believe in God or or you do or do not consider yourself a follower of Jesus, you have learned how to love because God first loved you. When we demonstrate grace and forgiveness and mercy towards people that we care about and the the ones we love, it's because deep down on the inside of us, God has placed our own need for those things from him. Because we need grace, because we need forgiveness, because I need mercy and I need love, I want to give those things away to the ones that I love. Love wins. You see, it completely broke the heart of the father when Adam and Eve brought sin into the relationship. It did. It wasn't God's will for that to happen. God had hoped that Adam and Eve would choose to live a holy life apart from sin. But he still wanted them to have a choice. He loved them that much to give them a choice. And it's the same for you and I. Because you you and I know this. We can't make make someone love us, can we? We can't. Nor can someone stop me from loving them. God won't make you love him. But you cannot stop him from loving you. I want to say that again. God will not make you love him. But you cannot stop him from loving you. Romans 8.38 says this, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. You see, God could have created Adam and Eve, and right after he created them, he could have forced them to love him. But we all know there's no satisfaction in that. There's no satisfaction in that. There's, that's not a real relationship. That's a forced and manipulated relationship that doesn't fill the void on the inside of us. I don't want to be loved by and I, I don't want to do life with and, and, and be with Janet if she's forced and programmed to love me. No, I want it to be real. I want it to be authentic and genuine. 
that love that we crave, the love that we search for, the love that we, that, the, the love that we would defend and even die for, that's that unconditional love that can't be expressed by words. That's the love that some of you have for others in your life. And I want you to know that the only way that you're able to love, that you're only able to love that deeply is because God first loved you. Love wins because God first loved me. Number two, love wins even when I don't deserve it. Love wins even when I don't deserve it. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 says this, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. Many of you can probably quote the lyrics from the song Reckless Love that we love to sing a lot around here at New Life. And it goes like this. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down. It fights till I'm found. It leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. And you may be saying, Jeremy, you have no idea what I've done. I, I don't deserve to be forgiven. I don't deserve God's love. I don't deserve God's grace and mercy. I don't deserve anything from God. And you know what? You're exactly right. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. None of us do. Look at Romans 3, uh, chapter 10, or, or chapter 3, verse 10. No one is righteous, not even one. We don't deserve it. But that's how much God loves us. That's, what, that's what's so great about the love of God. It reaches beyond who you think you are. It reaches beyond what you think about yourself. His, his love is available to everyone. Has anything ever happened to you just in the nick of time? I mean, you're like, whoo, man, that happened right on time. You know, we say this a lot in, in, in our Christianese language. We say this, you know, God's never late. He's never early. He's right on time. You know, we say that all the time. Uh, but like a bill being paid before the city shuts something off, a relationship being restored before a decision is made that could be uh, catastrophic to the family. Um, a gas station appears out of nowhere while your car uh, begins uh, sputtering. We all have those stories of something happening, something happening to us just in the nick of time, right when it needed to happen. I remember when, uh, when we first moved to Wisconsin back in 2008, we'd never experienced a winter or snow uh, like we had until we moved to Wisconsin. We had this big old Suburban uh, that we had been driving. We'd been there for a couple of months, and... We were coming back from church. It was a Wednesday night, and I remember the, 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 our vehicle being very low on gas. I mean, very low on gas. We were laughing about it. Had the kids in the car. Janet was saying, when are you going to stop and get gas? I was like, well, I think there's a gas station up ahead. We'll get, we'll get it up there. And, you know, then, then we started making fun of each other. Oh, we, what, what happens if we don't make it? Well, I'm not pushing. It's snowing outside. Well, I'm not pushing. Well, I guess you'll have to. So we started kind of jawing back back and forth. Well, we get up to these railroad tracks, and right on the other side of the railroad tracks, about 100 feet beyond the railroad tracks is a gas station. So I said, wouldn't it be funny if we get stuck on the railroad tracks and run out of gas right there? And Janice said, oh, don't even say anything like that. And I said, oh, you know, that's not going to happen. We go up the little hill, we get on top of the railroad tracks, stops. 
I'm giving it gas. We're not going. Then it starts jerking. And Janice said, you see what you did? Now you're gonna, now a train's going to come. We're all going to be killed because you said it. I said, oh, hang on, hang on. And then I put it in neutral. We kind of coasted the weight of the vehicle on the other side of the tracks. And I put it back in drive again. It caught again. And then we made it into the gas station and were saved. Okay? We, we didn't die. But it happened just in the nick of time, just when we needed it. And this is the picture of humanity. You see, there is a period between the Old Testament and the New Testament, some refer to as the silent years, because for nearly 400 years, there's no record of God communicating to humanity. No record of it. The general consensus of a lot of the Jewish people is, oh, no, now we've done it. (laughs) No one's heard from God. What have we done? 400 years, nothing. But all during this time, God was up to something. All during this time, God was preparing a rescuer for humanity. To be just like Moses to the Jewish people that were held captive in Egypt thousands of years before. Which, by the way, ironically, was a period of about 400 years. You see, God's people during this time were helpless. They were lost. They were broken and defeated. They were in trouble and in desperate need of saving They were sputtering on their own version of their railroad tracks. And in just the nick of time, Jesus appears. And just like us, none of them deserved it. They didn't deserve it either. They didn't earn it. They didn't deserve it. But look what Paul said in Romans 5, 6 through 8. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But look what he says here. This is for my dad who's watching. This is his all-time favorite verse. Here you go, Pop. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us. When? While we were still sinners. Love wins. Love wins. Even when we don't deserve it. Here's your last fill-in for the weekend. Love wins, and I'm invited to join the celebration. Love wins, and I'm invited to join the celebration. 1 John 4, 9 through 10 says this. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. You see, this, this weekend we've been setting up for the next several weeks, for Christ to come onto the scene and begin demonstrating the exact love that we've been talking about today. Christ is God's love in action. Think about it like that. Jesus is the love of God in action. Jesus is the physical form of God's love for you and I. From the very beginning of creation, this has always been about God's plan and how much he loves us. Why? Because love wins. Listen, You were chosen by the love of God to be part of his family. You've always been part of his plan to be included in what Jesus did on the cross. You were on God's mind when Jesus was hanging on the cross. You are not on this earth by accident. God has a plan and a purpose for you or you wouldn't be here. You are not just your name. Your identity is found in the purpose for which God created you and he created you on purpose. Why? Because he loves you. And love wins. 
And for that reason, we get to believe in and follow Jesus. We don't have to, we get to. Isn't that exciting? It's exciting that we get to follow Jesus, not that we have to follow Jesus. So beginning next weekend, we're going to be looking at examples in the ministry of Jesus where love won all the way up to Easter and through the crucifixion and the resurrection weekend. We're going to see multiple times where Jesus could have responded in a much different way than he did. But each time, Jesus proves love wins. I believe many of us will see ourselves in, in a lot of these stories. And we're going to be able to realize that that we should allow love to win in our own circumstance, in our own situation as well. Remember, going all the way back to the beginning of, the, of this message, as much as God loves me, so should I love others. When all may seem to fail, I'm going to choose to let love win. So if you have your communion elements there, go ahead and get those out. You know, we said earlier in the message that from the very beginning of God's creation, it was meant for you to be part of the family. And one of the things that we love to do uh, as a faith family, as a faith community, is take communion together. We're leading up to the Easter season, the, cru- the, the, the season uh, where we celebrate uh, the resurrection. Uh, before there was a resurrection, there had to be a crucifixion. And the... The days leading up to that, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he engaged in the Last Supper with his disciples. And it was at the end of that dinner when he took his loaf of bread and he tore off a piece and then he began to pass it around. And he said, take a piece of this bread, this unleavened bread, made without yeast that represents sin, he said, as each person tears off a piece of, this, of my loaf, then remember this as my body being broken. As my body being broken as a sacrifice for your sin. This goes all the way back to Jewish history, all, way, all the way back to, uh, to the first covenant made between uh, God and his people. And Jesus said, the next time that we do this, we're going to be doing it together. But for now, in remembrance of what I'm about to do on the cross and the sacrifice I'm about to pay. We're going to do it now together. So if you have your element, let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this this wafer, this bread, Father, that represents your body. Thank you for the ultimate sacrifice that you paid, for allowing your body to be broken for our sin. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's eat. The scripture says in the same manner he took his cup and he passed it around for everyone to drink from his cup. And he said, just like my body was broken for your sin, so my blood is going to be poured out to cover that sin. And the juice represents his blood that was poured out on that day. No more sacrifices. No more bringing animals to the priest to cover sin because Jesus paid the ultimate price. He hung there in that cross and allowed his blood to be poured out, to be poured out onto the ground. And he said, my, my blood covers the sin of all humanity, past, present, future. Father, thank you for allowing your son to be our sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus, for being 
the spotless lamb of God for covering our sin. Thank you for allowing your blood to, to be poured out of your body to cover all of our wrongdoings and all of our sin, Lord. Because of that, we surrender to you. We accept what you did on the cross as payment, as restitution, because it was part of restoration. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all drink together. Will you bow your heads and let me pray one more time. Lord, we thank you that that love wins. Father, it was part of your plan from the very beginning to have this intimate relationship with your creation. Even though we broke it, we skewed it a little bit, Lord, you had a plan to bring us back to you, Father. We, we accept that plan because your plan was your son. Why? Because love wins. You loved us so much that you gave us your son as, a, as the sacrifice for our sin. And Father, it's accepting that sacrifice. It's believing that Jesus was who, exactly who he said he, he was and he is in our life. That we get to participate. That we, don't, we no longer have to, have to just sit by and be spectators, Lord. We can be participators because you're inviting us to be part of this family. We accept the invitation, Lord. We accept the invitation and to celebrate that love does win in our life. Father, as we go throughout this series, Lord, I pray that lives will be transformed. I pray that people will surrender themselves to you, Lord, that they will, they will call upon you to be their Lord and Savior. Father, you are nowhere near done using new life to grow your kingdom. We thank you. We believe in you. We trust you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me read this scripture one last time. And I want to read it out of the Passion Translation as we close. For here's the way God loved the world. He gave his only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish but experience everlasting life. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. Uh, don't forget about your Connect 3 groups. Those verses, those scriptures are going to come in every Monday. And also don't forget about all the resources that we have available to you. If you have a prayer need, text the word prayers to 30500. And lastly, uh, we just want to thank you for your faithfulness and your generosity. Uh, we could not do what we do each and every week without you being so faithful and generous uh, with your resources, uh, your time, your talents, and your treasure, which means is surrendering just a portion, a percentage of what God has blessed you, surrendering that back to the kingdom through new life to God. And we just want to say thank you for doing that so much. We love you. Have a great week. We'll see you next weekend.